Hello and welcome to episode 137 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. As you guessed it, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight we're talking about all those things you might have forgotten since you last traveled. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, as we typically do, we take a quick spin around the travel interwebs. And of course, keeping the foodie in mind, here is a bit of good news. The Louisiana Chicken Chain, Raising Canes, the Louisiana Chicken Chain Raising Canes, is coming to Central Florida, actually make that Kissimmee and Lake Nola, and add allegedly to the statement, Raising Cane is allegedly coming to Central Florida, since no one has confirmed it from the Raising Cane headquarters chicken coop. Now, everyone, or most everyone, I'm sure, is familiar with the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A, as well as Zaxby's, both good chicken choices. And at one point in time, Zaxby's signature special sauce, this concoction of mayo, ketchup, garlic, and uh, I think Worcestershire. It sounds like a scene out of Fast Times at Richmond High. But their Zaxby signature sauce at one point was the most calorically dense sauce on the planet. Don't know if that's still true or not. But Cane's or Raising Cane's is just a bit tastier than Zaxby's with their signature chicken fingers. And of course, the caterpillar style French fries are like what we used to get in middle school. Don't forget their big slabs of butter-laden Texas toast. And of course, super cold coleslaw along the lines of KFC. I like coleslaw. I like cold coleslaw. But I don't want to eat coleslaw at the family reunion outside that has been sitting on a picnic table for two to three hours. So my coleslaw has to be cold. Uh, it seems like every time I end up in New Orleans, I fly in and out of New Orleans. I stay in Kenner and end up, no matter what time of night that I roll into town, running through the drive-thru at least at Raising Cane's and hook myself up. So looking forward to that, you can never have enough chicken choices. This next story is straight from the horse's mouth at Delta Airlines. Delta uh, has brought back drinks and snacks as of last week, as of April 14th. And one addition to the lineup is their cans of Tip Top Margarita. And if you've never heard of Tip Top, they are a beverage company, of course, based out of Atlanta, like Delta, that serves high-volume cocktails in a can to go. I've had their old-fashioned. It's okay. It's, you know, I wouldn't go out of my way to get one, but they are, their Delta has added the margarita mix to their menu, and it's a tequila, of course, some lime, and an orange liqueur. And here's a tip. The key to a great margarita is the orange liqueur. Next time you make a margarita, add a little splash of Grand Marnier to it, and you will also become a believer. Now, Delta is a bit late returning to the snack game. Uh, the CEO flew, I think, last week or week before on Southwest, and, of course, they passed out their bag of snacks like they typically do. But for beverages, they had a chart with four pictures, a picture of a glass of water, a can of Diet Coke, a can of Coke, and I think she said a cup of coffee, 
and on each picture there was a number one two three four and you ordered your beverage by flashing the number of fingers for your beverage of choice and to this day i'm curious as to how many middle fingers the flight attendants have seen or or seen but that was southwest's approach and again delta was late to the game delta was also the last airline to uh open up middle seats you know they kind of held out as long as they could over the easter day weekend they realized that they had a major amount of seat shortage so they did open them up over the weekend but i think they plan to go back into full plane mode may 1st so as more of us are getting vaxxed or vaccinated or a fauci ouchie as i call it more and more of us are beginning to travel uh for me this is an indicator that things are returning to some sort of normal or normalcy is this the old normal is it the new normal you have to answer this for yourself but i have noticed a uptick in cars on the road people in hotels a little bit more normalcy and of course as most road warriors begin to travel again we will of course gather in hotel bars airport terminals and restaurants conversations will be dominated by all the changes that we've been through over the past year how some of us survived about with covid how others have completely avoided it and while others have had family and friends sadly succumb to it but after that conversation eventually the conversation will get around to discussing what it's like to be traveling again and all the things the tips and tricks and things that we have forgotten since we last traveled And so that was tonight, the theme of tonight's topic, because I know that I have definitely, I'm getting more back into the groove, but last summer, my first couple trips, it was like, and I'm not uh, an OCD person, but it was taking me three or four uh, trips around the hotel room before I left in the morning to make sure I gathered everything. Same thing with uh, when I was packing to to go, you know, did I remember socks, did I remember a belt? So uh, eventually I'm getting more and more back into my groove but you know there are things that we have forgotten so i thought about it and i said you know what would i add to that conversation well my first addition would be very simple when it comes to real estate there are three things that matter right location 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 and this holds true for deciding where to stay in a hotel in the past year many of us have a new job new responsibilities possibly new territories so while we were familiar where we used to travel a new territory you might not always to think to check to see what is around you case in point 21 years ago i was a baby road warrior probably one of my first two or three trips i was based out of atlanta had a trip back to fort lauderdale florida my old stomping grounds while i was growing up and so i was meeting a co-worker and uh, being a baby road warrior i asked him where he was going to stay and said i'll book at the same hotel well fast forward a couple of decades and I wouldn't be so quick to book someplace just because a co-worker did. I have my own transportation and I can certainly meet you almost anywhere. Now, the exception to this would be if it was my boss or our CEO, I'd bite the bullet and stay where they're staying. And also I don't stay typically at a hotel or a place where I don't get some sort of loyalty points. Well, back to the story. So I booked at the same hotel. It was a full service Holiday Inn on the corner of Powerline Road and Commercial Boulevard. As I clicked to book now on the website, I remember this location was home to the famous Bamboo Lounge. So if you wanted to see Fort Lauderdale patrons at their finest, the Bamboo Lounge on a Friday or a Saturday night was the place. And they also served up a pretty decent uh, Hawaiian chicken dish. 
So I checked in and the desk clerk had said, hey, we've already upgraded you to a suite. And I thought to myself, only a few months on the road and I'm already pulling in upgrades. And I think I actually looked around for somebody to high five. Well, got my key, grabbed my luggage, headed down to the elevator, up to the third floor, opened the door. And yes, it was an upgraded two room suite. And it was gorgeous. It was wonderful. It was wonderful for all of about five minutes. Because at about five minutes into my stay, I heard this rumble, and then the windows began to slowly rattle. Went over to the window, opened the drapes just in time to see the southbound Amtrak train pass right below my third story window. But I had no fear because had I missed that train, I could have repeated this exact same exercise 90 minutes later when the northbound Amtrak passed by. So remember, kids, location, location, location. Make sure your home away from home offers safety, of course, a solid selection of food choices, very important, and not next to a set of railroad tracks. Well, 21 years later, that full-service Holiday Inn is now a three-star Fort Lauderdale Grand Hotel, and it's still located next to the railroad tracks. Not so sure if the Bamboo Lounge is still in business or not. Now, let's continue with hotels because no matter how you arrive, plane, train, or automobile, more than likely you are going to be staying in a hotel. So, last-minute cancellations, they are a reality, and there are typically fees associated with them. And over the past few years, hotels have really gotten much stricter with their cancellation policy, some of it being, you know, you can't cancel within 48 hours of your stay. In the last six months, I have canceled more hotel rooms than I think I have in probably the last 10 years of travel. And of course, it's for various reasons, COVID being one of them, uh, suddenly clients pivoting, there's that word again, and being required to work from home. And then you throw in some state and city shelter in place mandates, it makes it kind of messy. So this tip should help you to avoid cancellation fees. Go back online. If they won't let you cancel without a fee, simply change the dates of your stay. Almost every hotel will allow you to do this. Change it 60 days, 90 days out into the future. Remember, wait three or four days, but remember to go back on and you should be able to cancel that stay without any fees. Also, a good fallback plan is you can always call the uh, national headquarters for the hotel and plead your case. Sometimes they can do some magic. Sometimes it's a franchise location and things don't always go your way. My last contribution to that conversation while sitting around a hotel bar would be to spend a few minutes, maybe a little bit longer, visiting all the websites that you use on a regular basis, especially if you have a profile and especially if that profile is tied to a credit card for purchases. Things like hotels, Uber, Instacart, Amazon, visit all of them and verify which credit card is tied to the profile. And why? Well, over the past year, almost every credit card company was switching up the number of points that they were rewarding for purchases. You know, last summer, my Hilton card started giving out 16 points for every dollar at a grocery store. So I adjusted all my online purchases. I think it was Instacart or ShipIt. Uh, made sure that I used that credit card for in-store purchases because I wanted to make sure I was getting as, my, as much points as I could. And then all of a sudden, by the time that promo was over, Southwest started a promo as well. So I again, made another adjustment. So take some time to look at those websites where you just blindly click purchase and your purchase automatically hits that credit card in your profile. Make sure you're getting the best point bank for your buck. 
Of course, my final tip would be if you are staying at a Hilton property, use a Hilton branded credit card. If you're flying on Delta, use one of the 35 or 40 Delta branded credit cards. You're always going to get the most points in all, with any of them with a branded uh, hotel or airline credit card. Now, of course, there are also travel tips, hacks, whatever you want to call them, that many people have never heard of. You know, for example, summer is fast approaching. We're all thinking about summer trips, and especially in the South, climate control inside a hotel room is important. And I've talked about this before. Most hotel rooms limit your ability to raise or lower the thermostat, kind of like your dad when you were growing up. And this can make for a crappy night's sleep. Just ask the CEO. Well, most hotel room thermostats will allow you to override that governor by pressing a specific sequence of buttons on the front of the unit. You know, that way you can move it below 70 degrees. If in, if in the wintertime, if it's too cold, you can probably raise it above 75 or 80. Get the make and model of the name of your thermostat in the hotel room, hit up YouTube, and more than likely you'll be able to crack the button code. And of course, while somewhat on the subject of uh, sleep, if you are light sensitive, always remember that you can take the coat hanger out of the closet to pinch the drapes shut in a room. Recently, I have seen a bunch of posts on social media about advising you to roll up a towel and place it up against the bottom of your uh, hotel room door as it'll block out much of the ambient light and uh, as well as the noise from the hallway. Uh, for me, I kind of like that crack or that gap to give me a little bit of a nightlight for my room, uh, but to each their own, but I guess it does make sense. In case you didn't know this, hotel beer is expensive, and I know I have more than once in my life spent more than $30 on a six-pack of beer and probably cheap beer from the hotel's sundry store. But buy your beverage of choice on the way into town, and in case your hotel room doesn't offer a fridge, and a lot of the hotels out in Vegas, is, they have fridges, but they're stocked full of mini bar treats, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But a lot of the resorts don't have uh, fridges in them. You can uh, always request one and they'll charge you 10 or 15 bucks a day. You can always fill your sink or the trash can with ice for a makeshift cooler. Depending on how fast or slow you drink your beer, that should get you through a six pack. And you can always throw a towel over that pile of ice and beverage for a little bit more of a fancier look. On the topic of beverages, when I finally hit the big time or my trust fund kicks in, my first goal is to buy and install a hotel juice machine in my kitchen. That's right. When I hit the big time, I'm going all in and doubling down on my own juice dispenser for the kitchen. There's something about a cold glass of aerated apple juice to start my day in the morning. So until that happens, my current apple juice strategy is this. When it comes to hotels, forego. Don't use a little stupid four-ounce juice cup that sits right next to the juice dispenser. Walk across the lobby, grab a coffee cup. That'll give you at least eight ounces of uh, juice to start your day with. Now, there are also a few hotel tips, tricks, hacks that you might hear about that sound like a great idea but there are very few road warriors that would ever use them. So here's one of the first ones that sounds like a great idea, but I don't know of anybody doing it. You can get rid of the moldy, mildewy smell of a hotel room by attaching a car air freshener to the vents on the air conditioner unit. 
probably you can. I do know a handful of road warriors that travel with a can of Lysol spray, and typically they would spray down the remote. So that's one of the reasons your remotes don't always work in the hotel rooms. Uh, the alarm clock. Uh, I've got one one guy I know that actually pulls the air filter out of the air conditioner, which you can do. Typically they pull out from the bottom, but he sprays the air freshener or the air conditioner uh, filter with a Lysol. He's got really bad allergies. But I don't know anybody that travels with a handful of Febreze auto air fresheners, and I don't know what I would do if I ever came across somebody that actually did that. Hotel room cooking, that's another one you'll hear a bit about. I'm guilty to a point. I have traveled with an electric fry pan for cooking up some of the local fresh protein that was acquired at my destination. Um, I've used hot water from the hotel water urn down in the lobby to cook ramen. Don't ever use the uh, coffee pot inside your hotel room. But, you know, I've done things like that. But if you spend any amount of time on the Internet, you will see posts detailing that you can use your iron to cook an egg sunny side up. Or you can use the hair dryer to warm a piece of last night's pizza. And they are correct. You can do those things if you lived in 1972 before the advent of the microwave because more than likely there's a microwave in your room or the hotel lobby. Speaking of food and meals, most hotel breakfast areas are stocked full of plates, napkins, and plastic silverware. So if you leave yours behind, nicely ask the desk clerk and more than likely they will hook you up. Uh, Reminds me of a story several years ago, Terry Martin, who was on this podcast years ago, uh, we, for a while, we're traveling pretty much uh, the, the same same route for a, a year or so, and we don't live that far apart from each other. But we would actually barbecue over the weekend and then pack uh, whatever was left over for us for the road so you know we could save on our per diem, usually eat Monday, Tuesday night in the hotel rooms. And so we were staying over in Sarasota at a, at a Hampton Inn over there, and the Hampton Inn's got a huge breakfast dining room table. It's probably 20 feet long. Uh, So we had our coolers, we uh, had our cooler full of beer, and asked the uh, desk clerk, do you mind if we go in and heat up the microwave? Uh, We've got some barbecue, you're more than welcome to have some. About five minutes later, the desk clerk comes back with not one, but two microwaves actually out of the kitchen, set them up on the big 20-foot table, sat down, he enjoyed a meal with us while he was checking in and out patrons. All of a sudden, the construction guys came in. They had coolers of beer. They had some leftover chicken. And we ended up having a pretty nice uh, get-together of road warriors in the Hampton Inn, Sarasota lobby. So just be nice to the desk clerks. They always will be more than willing to help you out. Always offer them some food. If you're going out, ask them if they want anything. It truly goes a long way. Now, here's a travel tip I recently came across that I never knew of. If you are traveling with toddlers and they happen to be curious little toddlers, pack a roll of duct tape. And not for their taping their hands together or taping their mouth shut, but but for covering all of the outlets in the hotel room so the little darlings don't discover voltage by sticking something metal in them. I don't have little ones running around, and if I did, I doubt I would ever do this. And it's not a bad tip, but the reason I wouldn't do this is this. If a cat jumps on a hot stove, he will never jump on a hot stove again. Makes sense. But he will also never jump on a cold stove again. So my rationale is that I figure if one of my kids was to stick a piece of metal into the outlet, he's more than likely not going to die. But if he stuck a piece of metal into the outlet and got shocked, that he'll probably never stick another piece of metal into an outlet 
or anything else. So, But also if you're traveling with multiple little ones and they haven't all electrocuted themselves because you forgot to bring duct tape, you can use the ironing board as a makeshift table for meals and snacks. Sit the kids on the edge of the bed and then adjust the ironing board to the correct height and you're good to go. Feel free to follow me for more parenting tips next week. And there are hacks that fall into the category of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And the first one, and you'll see this everywhere, is to use a coffee cup as a speaker for your cell phone. Probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, no, wait, there'll be more that are stupider than this, but makes no absolutely no sense. Most everybody's cell phone comes with a, an earphone of some sort. And besides, if I'm doing a presentation and I was to uh, use my, my phone and put it into a cup as a speaker phone or a speaker, I think I'd get laughed off the planet. And besides, drop 20 bucks on Amazon, buy a Anchor or some sort of a wireless Bluetooth speaker, and uh, you'll look a heck of a lot more professional than using a coffee cup. Here's another good one. If you have a janky uh, fingernail, try using the striker on the back of a book of matches to file it down. Here you go. More than likely, by the time you actually find a book of matches on this planet, you could have visited a local store and bought an honest-to-good actual nail file. The other one is what I call toaster butter. You'll see pictures of this on the internet, where in the uh, hotel breakfast lobby area, typically the butter is rock solid. Probably because they keep it in a refrigerator overnight. I don't know. But you'll see the hack where people will line up their toaster butter or their package of butter on top of the toaster. And as they're toasting their bagel, it will slowly melt the butter. Uh, yeah, I guess you can do that. I don't know. Maybe I would just put the butter on the bagel and throw it in the microwave. It's usually just to the left of the toaster. And the other one that you'll see all over the place is avoid crazy mini bar purchases by replacing what you remove from the fridge with the same cheaper version from the local store. Again, probably one of the stupidest pieces of travel advice ever. Most mini bars are equipped with a pressure sensor that detects if an item is removed. I mean, this is a huge revenue stream for these properties. They know what they're doing. They, if they want you to pull out an $8 beer and drink it, they want to make sure that you don't replace it. And once these sensors are typically triggered because the item has been removed, it can only be reset by the hotel staff. And besides, just stock up on your way into town and avoid looking like a moron. And, and it reminds me, I think when Robbie was on the Robbie Morris was on the podcast last year, we talked about it. We had a uh, a gentleman that came on with us, new to traveling. It was his first trip to Vegas, so he was uh, understandably anxious. And so Robbie said, "Now, when you get in the room, there's going to be all kinds of snacks, and you want to you want to pick everyone up and inventory it." And so uh, this poor guy picked up everything uh, in the mini bar and on top of the credenza. And when he went to check out, he had about a 45 to $100 extra charge for room stuff. So he had to uh, to talk his way out of that while we were off to the corner watching him go through the whole uh, exercise of explaining what had truly happened. So look, just don't jack with the mini bar. That's a, that's a profit center for those guys and they know what they are doing. So during the extensive research for this episode, I basically went to Google, typed in travel hacks and hit enter. I came across this for scoring or having a better shot of getting a better room, also known as an upgrade. And the first thing I came across was slip them a 20. 
this is stupid. You'll look stupid. And it only works in the movies. It may work in Vegas, but your local uh, Marriott, you're just going to look like a rube if you try to give somebody a $20 bill for a better room. Here's another good one. Offer a review. Ask if they're on Yelp or TripAdvisor and say, because I'd love to write a review. Maybe this will work. Maybe you'll get an upgrade. But for me, I don't think I could ever see myself doing this. Never, ever, never, ever. And this last one is ask to see a few of their different rooms. And you can certainly do this if you want everyone employed at the hotel to instantly hate you. Most higher-end hotels post pictures of all their rooms online, probably the same website that you actually booked the room through. I don't see this working, but I do see, like I said, everybody employed by the hotel instantly hating you. My strategy for room upgrades is pretty simple. Stay at the same property on a regular basis. If that's part of your territory, stay there. Say hi to everybody there, the desk clerk, the housekeepers, the maintenance crew, everybody. I've told the story about when the CEO and I were spending a lot of time in South Florida, and we stayed at the same Hampton Inn, and they knew us. And by the time we would check in late on Friday night, more than likely we had an upgraded room, and typically there were some snacks and Diet Coke, her favorite, all waiting for us inside the room. Another thing is checking later in the day. By doing this, the hotel will generally have an idea of what rooms are left and whether or not any of the uh, regulars will be checking in later on that day. And finally, this one probably works the most. It's just put down your damn phone, smile, and ask simply any chance for an upgrade. If they say no, that's the answer. If they say yes, hey, it's a, you got a 50-50 shot. There's my take on the things that we've all possibly forgotten since we last traveled. If you want a little bit more detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. If you have a question or comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or email me travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always like to say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.